0: Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine.
1: Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 161. Before we get started, we wanted to mention, it's always a nice reminder and it is a great surprise whenever we see a brand new iTunes review come through. It is the absolute best way to help the show grow and to find new listeners. So it just takes a few seconds. You can either just leave a star rating or if you're really feeling generous, you could leave us a written review. And it is so helpful. It shows iTunes that you are enjoying the show. So they're showing more Disney fans and Disney entrepreneurs and people who have these projects that it's a good show to listen to. So we really appreciate if you could do that for us.
2: Yeah, so we are really excited to share today's episode with Molly, who is Millennial on Main Street, and you can find her on YouTube or on any social media site by that name, and we're just really excited to share our interview with you guys. We talk about Molly's content and the YouTube videos that she enjoys creating, so we're going to go ahead and turn it over to Molly, and she's going to introduce herself and share one fun fact about herself.
0: Yeah. Hi, my name is Molly. Um, I'm the creator of Millennial on Main Street. And my fun fact is that I've been to 48 states.
1: Ooh, wow. So what are the
2: two that you're missing?
0: So Alaska, pretty obvious one, but also Idaho. Oh, Idaho.
1: <laughs> Not a big draw to go to Idaho or just no reason to go yet?
0: No reason yet. But, you know, I definitely want to check it off. And there's some great national parks up there. So one day I will make it and I will have my 50 state complete.
1: (laughs) So that was my question. Is it normally like uh, national parks or is that the draw of going to them or, or is it just the cities or what's the allure of visiting each one?
0: Well, I do love traveling. And fortunately for me, I had a job for several years where I traveled all over the United States and Canada. So I have been to so many states and cities all over this great country. Um, I was in entertainment. And so we got to play all kinds of small towns and large cities. So I've seen some really cool things and had great experiences.
1: Wow.
2: That's really cool.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a unique job, and it's cool having um, fun facts like that that came out of it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess
2: to kind of kick things off, we will start with your Disney story. So where did it start, and then kind of how did it vo- evolve over time?
0: I started coming to Disney World with my family um, I grew up in Georgia, and so coming down to Disney World once or twice a year for several years. I then took a break for a couple of years um, while I was going to school and college, and then I came back um, as an adult in my early 20s. And so seeing the parks again as an adult was completely different than the memories that I had made as a child And that made me fall in love with the parks in a whole different way. Um, So having the memories growing up and visiting the parks from when I was young is so special. But now I appreciate Disney World in a completely different way. And just with each subsequent trip, I would be more fascinated by how the parks worked and Disney history Um, until finally about two years ago, I took a girl's trip with my mom. And... It was a trip where we did Food and Wine Festival for the first time and our first Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. So lots of fun activities. And it was with that trip where I just completely was like, Disney is amazing. And I was all in on the magic.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like that is where it sort of clicked as an adult. And I love hearing those stories because I think that happens to so many of us where you kind of put it in the rearview mirror at one point and then it comes back around and you start to appreciate it. And not to jump ahead too far, but that is a comment that Catherine and I made when we were watching some of your videos recently, just talking about that you appreciate the immersion and the details that go into everything. And and it's refreshing to sort of see how people take that in, because that's often the details that people skim over where you're just going for attractions or just going for the restaurants or things like that.
0: Right. And I really want to bring those in between moments between running to your next fast pass to just take a moment and really appreciate, Appreciate all the detail that went into these incredibly immersive lands and parks. And it's very impressive. So thank you guys for noticing that and appreciating that. I have a big soft spot in my heart for that.
1: For sure. So tell us about the origin of Millennial on Main Street. So, A, first, how did you come up with the name? Secondly, what came first? Was it YouTube first? Was it Instagram? And then, kind of, how did all of those things start coming together and and become what it is now?
0: I thought about the name for a very long time. Um, I was debating different travel names, different Disney names. You know, using my name, Molly, and then I just was like pondering, and I got really close with some things, but nothing quite clicked. And this sounds like so unreal, but literally in the shower, and this name just came to me, and I was like, that's it, because I think that really summarizes what my brand is in a nutshell, having the millennial perspective on Disney. Um, I started first with Instagram, and then I very quickly started adding in YouTube and the other social platforms. I wanted to make my content accessible no matter what Type of social media preference you had. Um, so it was initially Instagram, um, mainly because I was taking so many um, pictures and had so many content ideas and want to share so much information that I wanted to find a very specific space to do that. And then very quickly, I realized I wanted to go beyond just what a picture or a caption could say and express um, my love for the parks and all the information I have in vid- video form.
1: Mm hmm. So before you jumped in and grabbed the handle and started putting up that content on your own end, like on your personal stuff, did you find yourself following a lot of parks creators on YouTube and Instagram and things like that? Or was or was your introduction to it when you were a creator?
0: It was pretty much when I was a creator. Um, hmm. I knew some of the bigger YouTubers, um, but I wasn't really into the social media Disney culture like I am now. It was just more so I have a bunch of Disney pictures and I want to just keep them all in one space. And then I once I got that initial entry into it, I realized how big the scope of everything was. And that's when I really expanded my brand and got really focused on what I wanted to do. But from the beginning, I knew um, that it did exist in some capacity. I didn't realize how big of the social media presence was. Um, and then what I did is when I really took the reins on focusing my brand.
2: I I think a lot of people can agree with that because it stands out to me since until you really get into it and you are part of the community, it's hard to understand just how many like minded people there are out there who oh love yeah. Disney just as much as you do. Because I we never realized it until no, yeah. we were in it.
0: Absolutely. Um I I figured like, you know, it might be something that some people be interested in. But then, like you said, when you really get in, you realize that this is a whole community and a level I wasn't expecting.
1: It is shocking, like (laughs) capitalized, (laughs) shocking how naive I was when I first started, because I did like my own little SWOT analysis for Detour and how I was going to play everything out. And one of the things I was concerned about was a lack of creators to interview. And that mm. is never, ever <laughs> going to be an issue because it's like every single day, there's hundreds, if not thousands of people jumping in and starting something new. So it it's insane how vast it is.
0: Again, I think that's so incredible because we all have this same thing that we're so passionate about. And it's so cool seeing how many other people have that same interest. I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. So today... If you had to pinpoint Millennial on Main Street, would you say it's – is your primary focus on YouTube or is it on something else?
0: It My focus has kind of wavered um, between which of the platforms I've pursued. I actually recently started um, – reinvigorating my youtube account because that's now where my focus will lie so i'll go through phases where you know i try to promote my instagram and then i even went through a very brief phase where i tried to promote my tiktok and channel and just trying to take some time to do each different segment but youtube has been something that has been there almost from day one and it's something that i'm very passionate and excited about and so that's where my focus is at the moment
1: I think that's such a healthy way to look at it because I think that so many conversations that we have where people are like, oh, I feel so like constrained by Instagram and Facebook or whatever, you know, primary or secondary platform people choose. But just allowing yourself to just go where you naturally feel pulled or where you're naturally feeling the passion at that moment, I think it's a great way of approaching it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just realized, you know, I had been doing Instagram for a while. I was getting some engagement with that. But I was just feeling my pull back to YouTube. And so, yeah, I 100% agree that it's cool having these different platforms to express ourselves. Mm
2: -hmm. And even just on like YouTube as a platform, when we were watching your videos, we noticed that you have a variety of videos. So you have some with voiceovers and some that are more uh, vlog style. So out of those two or out of really any that you could choose, which style do you enjoy more and how do you decide like how to pick different styles for different topics?
0: So when it comes to vlog style videos, I – really want the excitement and the energy of that moment to come through so i will use that style when there are events or activities that i know i personally am very excited about because i want that authenticity to come through to the viewers um i use voiceover style videos more so when i'm trying to give information um so like when i did my tips for galaxy's edge for visiting galaxy's edge i want to make sure that um I gave the most concise information, and that was something that was more of an overview versus an in the moment reaction.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And especially like the nature of like that Galaxy's Edge video that you mentioned, I think that was the perfect way to do it because it's so much information. You have to get through it fairly quickly to keep the viewer's attention. And so, if you're just running around Batu trying to do that, it may get a little overwhelming. A on your side to be able to keep that straight in your mind of of where am I at? What have I recorded already? But also for the viewer, just you know, there's there's the dead air time there. So I think that's great that it's a, it seems very intentional about how you want to share the information or how you want to share the entertainment value in the different styles.
0: Yes. And I love that you touched on the intentional part, because that's something I've definitely learned as a YouTube creator um, that I've grown. And that way is I would, you know, originally just be like, here's my iPhone and I'm just going to film whatever I feel like filming. And but now I'm very purposeful in what shots I take and what information I give, um, because I want it ultimately to be the best experience for the viewer themselves.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I also – it's just one more thing that popped up when we were talking about it. I'm interested to hear on the other side of this because Catherine and I both mentioned that it doesn't seem like that when you and I guess your boyfriend are in a lot of the videos with you most of the time. It doesn't seem like the video camera is taking away from your experience at all. So it's like you you share what you're going to do, but it's not like you're filming your faces on every single attraction or it's not like you're sticking it up in the middle of you eating dinner. Like you're still enjoying your time in the parks, but you're still sharing the information through a video in a think a very healthy ratio.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, I never want any of my social platforms to get in the way of just my genuine, true love of Disney. Um, and so I try to find a nice balance between enjoying a moment with my boyfriend, like attending the Halloween party and just the excitement of us actually getting to attend the party. And I don't want that to be just totally focused on what's going on in the camera. So, yeah.
1: We we have to learn that, Catherine.
2: <laughs> it's definitely a hard line to toe because Mm -hmm. you do feel that pressure to share everything, um, or just to, you know, focus on like the, you know, the podcast or the vlog or the picture or whatever it might be. And it can very easily take away from like the trip aspect of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I find myself sometimes being so fixated on getting the content perfect or right that I just need to take a step back and just be in the moment. Um and maybe that means that something is not necessarily as polished or it comes out exactly how I want it to, but I think that's more important that ultimately we have an experience that we remember and um I you know it's okay if things aren't 100% perfect.
1: For sure. Yeah, I had a realization when we went to Disneyland last year and for at that time when it was Mickey's Halloween party and it was in Disneyland Park we went and saw the cadaver dance and they're on the river boats in front of the Rivers of America right there and I Instagram lived the whole thing and in order for me to see it I had to watch my own recording of the Instagram live later and I thought this is the saddest thing I've ever been a part of <laughs>
0: Well, I've definitely been there too, so <laughs> it's so, good to have my balance. <laughs> I wish
1: we would have seen them once with the phone away, and then we could have done it later. So I think finding those things out of how you experience the parks is so important for anybody to figure out what you're comfortable with, because I think the last thing you want to do is build up resentment for the camera or build oh, up yeah. resentment for the, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do, then then you, not a good right. recipe.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it starts feeling like it's impeding your actual experience, then yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. So has video and editing kind of always been one of your interests? And what tools or resources have you used to develop those skills further? Has it just been practice? Or do you kind of have areas that you look towards to keep progressing in those areas?
0: I had zero video editing experience before I started this. I just was realized I enjoyed watching Disney YouTube and so I figured again someone else might enjoy watching some of my Disney YouTube videos and so all of this has been just practice and trial and error um I I honestly I just use iMovie because that's what I started with and that's what I'm comfortable with I would definitely like to upgrade to different software at some point but right now the thing is that it's easiest for me to do that and you know if it's comfortable for me then um I'll just produce better videos instead of having to stress over extreme editing techniques. Um, So everything for me has just been practicing and I watch other YouTubers that I like and sometimes I'll get ideas from them like, oh, I like how they um, compiled that shot or how they edited that frame. And then I'll see if I can add my own twist on that in my videos. Um, And I just try different things and sometimes I like the end result and sometimes I'm like, I can try it better next time, but it's really just experimentation.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, I love that, especially like as a teacher, my mindset is, you know, we love to borrow from people and steal other not steal ideas, but borrow (laughs) ideas and use them. And I just think that's so smart because you don't have to reinvent anything to make it your own. So I think that's a really good tip.
0: I actually grew up um, like like as an entertainer, I grew up with that kind of being a motto that, you know, my teachers always told me as well that, you know, just if you see something great, borrow from it and add to it. And so I like that.
1: Yeah. A callback to earlier in the episode, though, I have to mention this. You mentioned that you experimented on TikTok for a while. We can't go to TikTok (laughs) because your students would 100% find us.
2: Oh, they'd find me in like three seconds. They're obsessed oh with TikTok.
1: Not that we'd like be on the for you page, but I just know that it would it
2: would happen
1: yeah. for sure. Yeah.
2: A podcast is a little easier to hide.
1: For sure. Ooh. That's the last thing we need in our <laughs> lives.
2: Um, yeah, TikTok is just fascinating and I can't believe
0: how popular it is.
2: It's amazing, honestly. Like, it's like mind blowing.
0: I don't know if there's ever been a social platform that has just taken off like that. It's so fascinating.
1: It's scary to me. <laughs> I don't like It's I probably kn- just
2: because we know nothing about it. <laughs> nothing.
1: Well it's like inevitable. Like we'll probably eventually have to be on there. I don't know, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but I don't know. It's a daunting task. It's intimidating. <laughs>
0: it's like, definitely um it's interesting trying to learn a new thing like that for sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and even like you said with like your editing software, like it's hard to leave something that you already know so well and try something new because it takes time. Hmm. So.
0: 100%. Um, and it's difficult to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and realize I when you're so proficient at these other social platforms to be like I don't even know what the for you page is, you know, and having <laughs> to learn that whole new dialogue.
1: Yep. just bring back vine that's the only thing i ask we could kill it on vine if it was out there right now
2: i don't know i don't know if we're funny enough for that
1: <laughs> so another thing that i think that you take on that i think is really impressive because you are braver than we are but i'm interesting in your i'm interested in your approach to it is that you do cover a lot of current topics and a lot of news and construction changes, and things like that, and new events going on. So how do you wrap your mind around that whole world? And, and how do you make it manageable where you're able to pick out the things that you want to share with your audience?
0: <laughs> that is... Um... Keeping up with Disney news definitely does take up a lot of my time because there is so much information, especially right now with everything going on in the park seasonally, with you know Christmas happening and everything that that involves, and even to the bigger scale of you know all the changes coming to EPCOT. I get a lot of news. Um, from different blogs. And I get my biggest source of news is through Twitter. I, I'm not super active on Twitter right now, but I get a lot of information from that. I have some news sites that I have set up where I'll get notifications anytime they post something and they post something quite a bit. So I get a lot of notifications through the day, but it helps to stay informed. Um, and then from there, I Try to digest what I've seen or read, and some days, you know, honestly, it just it's just all white noise because there's just so much information right now. But then sometimes something will stick with me, and I'll realize that this is some content or some information or newsworthy item that I want to bring to my um, viewers and subscribers, and something that I realize will help them out in their vacation. Um, yeah, that's it is tough because there's so much information out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have so much respect for, I mean, the, the big sites who do it, who have a staff of riders, I feel like that is challenging enough. But mm-hmm. the single solo preneurs out there who try to keep up with it and keep up with every new snack that comes out and every new event and all the refurbishments and everything, it would make my head spin so fast. So I have the yeah. utmost respect for anybody who even tries to bite off a little bit of that.
0: <laughs> it's definitely a challenge but I I feel almost um obligated living at living in Orlando now and being in the parks all the time that I feel so privileged and blessed that I get to visit Disney so frequently that I want to make sure that anyone who's coming down can either, you know, live vicariously through that experience or they can stay up to date if they aren't able to visit the parks. And if they do, I want to make sure that they're not missing out on any of the great snacks or um, entertainment or opportunities that's happening, but it definitely is a lot of information. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That was like the perfect answer to that. Like, <laughs> I didn't even, Wow. I mean, that's the perfect answer that you feel obligated, that you feel like you need to share that information because you are able to experience it. So I think Mm -hmm. that's really wonderful. So we're going to end the first segment with just a few last questions. So maybe you can get some takeaways for our listeners. So the first thing would be, what strategies have you used to increase your exposure and connect with a larger audience within the Disney community?
0: The biggest strategy that I found the most successful is to is to reach out to people whether that's commenting liking videos following accounts is you have to put yourself out there you know you have to comment on the pictures you have to tweet with people you need to start building those connections and you have to do it consistently um i noticed like on instagram my biggest growth comes from when i go through and i'll just pick one hashtag you know hashtag magic kingdom and then i'll go through and i'll do like 70 to 80 comments on different pictures and I don't, you know, get 70 or 80 followers from that but I get a handful and it's because you're exposing yourself to a market that's already there but doesn't know about your brand specifically. And so the biggest thing is building those connections and getting your brand out there by putting in the work first, by reaching out to people and commenting and spending your time um talking about their content and their endeavors. And then maybe it's reciprocated and maybe it's not, but you know, you're putting your brand out there more.
1: Mm, For sure.
2: Yeah, that's really good advice. I don't think anyone's ever shared something like
0: that before.
1: Yeah, definitely not something so specific that I think is really applicable for anybody who's, who's trying to grow.
0: Yeah, I've definitely found that really helped me tremendously just going through and commenting on other people's posts really grew my Instagram account and um, I'm going to be doing the same approach on YouTube and I've already gotten some good responses from that. So it's really reaching out.
1: Yeah, that's That's
2: awesome. So the last one that we're curious about is just what is your maybe go to resource Um, to assist in your project so it could be like websites or podcasts books other blogs um, just something that
0: helps you do you want like specific names or
1: anything that i think you know anything that comes to mind
0: um like i was mentioning earlier about getting twitter twitter notifications um, i follow Blog Miggy and WDW Magic, and I get all of their notifications. So I always get the latest news. And so then I can bring that and discern whether I want to have my viewers see that information. Um, I listen to business podcasts where I learn other tips um, on different social media areas. I Honestly, sometimes I just do a lot of Google research. I will just think, how can I increase my engagement and then just Google that and see what the most recent web article is on that and then put those practices to use. Um, I rely a lot on you know, Disney food blog and WDW news today and getting all the information and then taking a step back and deciding what it is I want to post with information from those sources.
1: Yeah. That's a really great and kind of methodical approach that I think that someone needs to, if you're, if you're looking to get into this world, that's a process that you need to set in place. Probably pretty early on is figuring out where can you go to get the information that you need to grow and what are some different avenues that you can explore, um, that can be good for you. It's podcasts for me. It's blogs for you, Catherine. Lots of YouTube as well.
2: (laughs) I do. I didn't know I liked YouTube until I really started diving into it. Mm -hmm. And I really like YouTube.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of good information out there.
2: Yes. And, and you can see it. I guess I'm also a very visual person, so I can see it.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, good deal, Molly. This has been so insightful to learn more about millennial on main street you have so many wonderful things going on so we're so excited that you're able to share that with us we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to play the fast pass round tailwind for pinterest is built for people who like processes like routines like to build a self-running machine luckily Catherine and i are both like that and it has been such a dream to be able to set up all of our content that we want to go out on Pinterest through Tailwind and allow it to just run itself. We don't have to check on it daily. Sometimes we don't even check it weekly. We can do it monthly. So it is so important to be able to put yourself out there on that platform. And we really find that it's a great passive way to send traffic to where We want people to go. If you think that's something that would help your project, we highly suggest heading over to to detourtoneverland.com forward slash tailwind. That's going to allow you to sign up for a completely free trial, no credit card required. Just give it a shot. See if it's something that would work for you. See if it helps your traffic and just see if it's something that an audience connects with. So again, that's detourtoneverland.com forward slash tailwind or hit the link in our bio. Good deal. So Molly, we're going to throw out these Disney topics. If you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better.
2: Okay, great. So the first one's easy. It's just name the Disney parks that you visited.
0: I have been to all of the Walt Disney World parks and Disneyland and Disney California Adventure.
1: So of those six individual parks, which one is your favorite and why?
0: My most consistent favorite is Epcot. I love i'm a really big and get into theming and i especially love all the food and entertainment um that epcot has to offer through their festivals um and that there's always something different going on through the year and i also like the feeling that epcot has um of kind of like the nostalgia of it i never experienced epcot center and epcot of the 80s but when you're in the park you can still kind of get a feel for that optimism and i enjoy that
1: for sure so we always have to ask our epcot people which is your favorite festival?
0: Festival of the Arts.
1: Ooh, the one we haven't been to, but <laughs> we are so excited that they extended it through Princess Race Weekend this year. So we will get to experience it this year.
0: Yes. Oh, wonderful. I'm so excited for y'all. It's really fantastic. I think you're going to have so much fun. Yes. What's your favorite
2: like part about it? What do you enjoy the most?
0: I was... I really like the food, again. Um, But the food is very specific at this festival because it's created very artistically. um, And so I enjoy that. I like that there is so much... huge into art and entertainment. So this festival really speaks to me that they have the Broadway performers that um, play at the American garden theater. I like that all the artwork from different Disney vendors are around. I've met some of the artists and gotten some of their artwork from the festival. And it's just really cool having the arts and entertainment um, represented at Epcot.
1: That is so up my alley that I am terrified for our checking account. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm going to want to fill our wall with Disney, with art. all the
2: Disney stuff. Yeah, yeah. really great stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, what would be your Disney bucket list trip?
0: I want to go to Tokyo Disney. That is definitely high on my bucket list. So, being able to go over there and go to Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea would make me so happy.
1: Same. <laughs> retweet
0: the parks are just so incredible over there and again their theming is just spectacular and just their level of attention to detail is unmatched so it's definitely a dream to go there
1: again same answer as last time for me i really want to go but they're we're not huge souvenir people anymore but <laughs> their are mer-
2: is the key word but
1: their merchandise <laughs> at tokyo i mean it's incredible
0: Oh, really? Same. I'm not a huge birch person either, but when I see like the Chippendale stuff that comes out, I'm like, it's just so adorable. I need everything.
1: Yeah, for sure. So next one would be your favorite Disney resort, but it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at.
0: My favorite is definitely the Polynesian. I love that resort.
1: Again, you're stealing all of our answers. So.
2: <laughs> it's hard. I think that's a hard one to be, honestly.
0: I agree. I, the the ambiance there and just, you know, the getting to mix the Disney with like the tropical feel and even just walking into that lobby and that smell. It's all so amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: It's everything you could want.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't say there yet, yeah, but, you know, bucket list as well.
2: Yes. If you could fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be?
0: I would say probably peter pan it it's not necessarily i really like that attraction um i think i like other attractions like haunted mansion more but peter pan always has a wait time and it's just so funny to me because you know it's such a classic attraction and it still always has such a long wait time so having like an infinite pass pass to it would be so incredible to just like hop on whenever you want to go to neverland and soar around and then hop back on again if you want
1: Yeah, when we went with our niece and we had an excuse to get a lot of Peter Pan fast passes, I thought the same things like I could ride this ride so many times over and over again. And it's always enjoyable.
0: It's so classic. I agree.
1: So sticking with rides and attractions, which one do you think is due for an exit or refurbishment from the parks?
0: I would love to see imagination get a refurb being the epcot fan that i am i think it'd be so special for um that attraction to get some attention i never experienced the original attraction but apparently it was really fantastic and inspirational and it'd be very cool to have some of that energy back into that attraction especially since figment is such um is basically the mascot of epcot he deserves more
1: (laughs) yeah so so you are stating we just got to be clear for our Figment aficionados. You're saying Figment stays. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. Okay. Or I like it. We just
1: gotta make that clear because for, it was
2: mostly for Brendan. He was getting a little panicky. No,
1: we will anytime Figment comes up on the show, I will get quite a few messages. And those people know who they are who get fired up.
0: Understandably so. <laughs>
2: So, which land or this area within the parks brings you the most inspiration?
0: Man, there's so many great places. Um, I really like sitting on a bench around Echo Lake and Hollywood Studios. No, it's very specific. <laughs> um, I like that... I love the old Hollywood feel of that park. And I especially like that a lot of the building facades are still original to when it was Disney MGM Studios. And I think, especially in that area of the park, you can really feel like the nostalgia factor. I, I mean, I grew up when that park was in its heyday. And I remember one of my earliest Disney memories was seeing the Streetmosphere performers over in that area. Um, and so that just really has a really special place in my heart.
1: I agree with everything you said. You just missed one minor detail. <laughs> Gertie is there, and I could spend all day with Gertie. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so what is your favorite snack or your go-to snack in the parks?
0: There are so many fantastic treats and snacks in the parks I really like that they have given so many seasonal options and so many you know trendy options my budget doesn't love that so much but you know I always have to try the latest snack but a classic one that without fail is just a Mickey Rice Krispie I just love that so much
2: (laughs) that's Brendan's favorite too he's fist pumping (laughs) if you needed a visual right now He liked that answer. Again,
1: I get so many messages about that of people questioning that choice. And I don't like I can only assume that they've never actually had one.
0: (laughs) That is definitely the case, because if you have, you would not be questioning it.
1: (laughs) So next would be your favorite table service and favorite quick service restaurants.
0: Mm -hmm. Table service, um, I'm usu- I'm a big California Grill fan, but I recently tried Yachtsman Steakhouse for the first time a couple months ago, so now it's kind of a toss-up between those two table service restaurants. They're both elegant and have amazing food, though the view at the California Grill cannot be beat, especially when you're watching fireworks up there.
1: For sure. What about quick service?
0: Quick service? that uh, I'm right now going through a deluxe burger phrase over at Disney Springs. I something about it. And they have this um they have seasonal milkshakes and they just have all those dipping sauces for fries, and every time I go there I'm never disappointed. So I'm gonna go with that one.
2: Yes. I don't think we've ever had that, but I love deluxe burger or oh deluxe, God. whatever. You
1: mean you've never you never had that as an answer? Yeah. The way you said it it sound like we've, we've never eaten it, but you love it.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> Whatever. It's a good answer. I agree. S'mores milkshake is the best thing they have there.
0: It is so good. That is hands down one of the big reasons I go. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
1: It is very difficult to get a good burger on property.
2: Because mm-hmm. you usually just get like the Disney burgers. And that's not very good.
0: No. <laughs> Definitely not a deluxe burger.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. So... Now on to just classic Disney favorites. What would be your favorite Disney movie?
0: Growing up as like a 90s kid, um, that whole Disney animation renaissance, I'm a big fan of. So The Lion King and Aladdin and um, Toy Story, even though... Pixar, but it came out around that time, so those movies are all very nostalgic for me. And it's one of those where if the Lion King's on TV, I will 100% sit down and watch it every time.
1: So, from some other '90s kids, and because it's relevant right now with Disney Plus, I'm putting you on the spot. Do you have a favorite Disney Channel original movie?
0: Yes, I love Brink. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that one growing up and it's gonna be the first thing I watch when I finally download the app I haven't downloaded it yet because I've had to be working and I knew I just want to binge watch everything so
1: (laughs) I do want to point out to our listeners That we are recording this on the first friday of Disney plus (laughs) life with disney plus the mandalorian new episode is sitting out there right now So this is dedication to be here right now (laughs)
2: I appreciate that. <laughs> Brendan's been dying to watch it all day.
1: I thought about watching it on my lunch break, but I and couldn't. Then I'd be so mad. Yeah, I couldn't do it. But we all watching it together? Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh, man. I hear it's really fantastic.
1: Uh, chapter one was really good. But Brink, best decom dis- of all time. Johnny Tsunami second. Oh, yes. And what's third? Xenon, maybe.
2: Uh, I don't know. The Even Stevens many. movie. <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, I like there's too many.
1: Cat like... Strike is also very underrated.
0: Ooh, yes. I you was like I was the thirteenth year as well. I don't know if you all remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Huh.
1: Luck Good of the one. Irish. Yes. <laughs> we could, we could do a full episode just on decoms.
0: Oh my oh, god. <laughs>
1: So next one would be your favorite Disney quote. It can either be from Walt himself or from any of the movies.
0: Mine is definitely, um, it's from Walt. And he said, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. And I love that so much because that's kind of also my mantra for my brand is because you just have to do it. Just go for it. Just start it. There's never going to be a perfect date or a perfect time. You just have to go. I feel like so many people are like, well, I could do this blog or I could be a YouTuber. And yet they just don't do it. And so I think it's so important to just start and just try and just go for it.
1: For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's a great quote. And I love your interpretation of it as well.
2: Mm-hmm. So, the last one, and this is either a really hard one for people or a really easy one, and it's, (laughs) what is your favorite Disney Parks memory?
0: Oh, my goodness. That's definitely a difficult one for me. Um, This is kind of a recent memory. I have amazing memories with my family and friends and all these trips I've taken, but – not too long ago, my now boyfriend and I were having a date at Fort Wilderness and it was just a very casual, Hey, let's check out Fort Wilderness because it was Halloween and they have the golf cart parade and decorations everywhere. And it just turned out to be this really amazing night. And he had so much fun watching the fireworks and dancing on the beach they have there and, you know, eating at trails end. And then he asked me to be his girlfriend in that moment. And it was just a moment I'll never forget. And I'm so happy that it happened on Disney property.
1: Wow. That's yeah, good. You're putting everyone
2: else and their relationships to shame because that sounds like perfect.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm so lucky that he loves Disney as much as I do.
1: <laughs> that is a good That's key. That is a good key.
0: <laughs> Definitely.
1: Well, well, awesome. So that concludes the fast pass round. Our very last question for you is if you could give one piece of parting guidance To someone who's looking to jump into this community, either as a content creator or maybe they want to open up their own shop, what would be your advice to that person?
0: It would definitely be to just start. Um, I know I had a lot of um, kind of anxiety and pressure being like perfectionist of like, you know, I need everything to be perfect right from the ground you know, hit it running, get everything right. But it doesn't have to be. And all the things that I thought were right and amazing when I first started, I've now learned so much since then. So the most important thing is to just start and then just to keep learning and grow from there. And also to just be consistent. Um, You have to be consistent with your publishing videos and getting your content out to um, your subscribers and followers.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really love that. I mean, and what you said at the end there, I think It's something that's hitting home for us right now because we're going through some rescheduling for detour and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And something that has been so important for us to... Just talk with your audience and let them know what they can expect out of you. And as long as you meet those expectations that you set up front, that is being consistent by definition. It doesn't mean that you have to post on Instagram every day. It doesn't mean you have to adhere to some strict schedule. But as long as people understand what they can expect from you and when and you hit those marks, that's the definition of being consistent. So I think that is really applicable and really valuable advice that people can take if they if they're wanting to launch something and they're wanting to get into this world.
0: Yeah. And you really touched on the authenticity of it as well. Um, I think sometimes we forget that it's just real people listening and absorbing our content and interacting with us and just being honest and um, open about what expectations can be. And people understand that. And, you know, just communicating with your audience is so important.
1: For sure. Yeah. I love that. So Molly, this has been so much fun chatting with you today. Last thing, if you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you online.
0: Yes. um, Millennial on Main Street on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok.
1: Perfect. So we will put the links to all of those in our show notes. You guys can quickly swipe up and get over there and connect with Molly over there. So Molly, thank you so much for chatting with us today. We had such a blast learning more about you and your project.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing.
1: Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.